This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Try Life Farm podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island, and to boot, I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times, and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. Happy New Year, 2024. This is being recorded on January the 4th, 2024. It is a blessed new year. New beginnings, new dreams, new aspirations to try life on. I just want to thank you for being a member of the Try Life On community, always checking out the information that I post, always checking out the podcast that I produce and put together for you. I'm not sponsored by any means whatsoever. I just get, get good information out there because I want to help you as much as possible, especially in this beautiful new year, 2024. So God bless you. God bless your family. We are here we are breathing, we are healthy, and we do have the ability to change our lives. I just want to throw that out there. In the spirit of that, I'm going to introduce you to a conversation with my friend, Anthony Carlton. I brought Anthony to the Try Life On show because of his traditional work to entrepreneurial, to solopreneurship, to trying life on in a design lifestyle journey. He is a financial planner by financial advisor by training, working in the traditional office environment, just like most of you. And then he moves from that office environment to a fintech startup, so a financial tech startup, and then found a way to be an intrapreneur within that company and started ghostwriting financial information and posts for his company. And that led him to trying life on, taking a leap of faith, having like having the strong back to take a risk. He left that fintech company and started his own company, ghostwriting for people on LinkedIn, financial information. So ghostwriting for financial advisors who use LinkedIn to communicate with their customers and attract new customers. The beautiful thing about Anthony is his fiance is Brazilian, spends uh, time back and forth going to Brazil. And he's leveraged his new solopreneurship venture to create a lifestyle he does not need a vacation from. Now, you are probably not in the financial industry. You might be a teacher, you might be a doctor, you might be a CPA, whatever. But here's another version or living proof of someone who was in the traditional working world and slowly migrated with fear, but took steps to do it anyway, to a solopreneurship world, to a virtual world, and then set himself up to do things like be in Brazil, without working for three months, generating 10 grand a month when he started doing his ghostwriting business, et cetera. I thought it's a fascinating conversation that will inform those of you who are trying to do something different for yourselves. A couple points to holler out when he was making the shift, he kept his expenses low. 
he did start doing entrepreneurial things outside of the normal nine to five, like investing, investing in stocks. The thing that I really love is that he was cold DMing, direct messaging people through LinkedIn for life-related opportunity and business-related opportunity, where a lot of us, for some reason, we get scared to reach out to people on a cold method, and that shouldn't be the case. And he talked about the concept of, we talked about the concept of LinkedIn and social media itself, but we specifically leverage LinkedIn and how posting on LinkedIn about a particular topic, obviously I, I talk about lifestyle design and real estate and trying life on, builds trust in community such that when someone like me and Anthony got on a podcast today across the screen from each other, because we have interacted with each other and come to trust each other through that social media platform of LinkedIn, it was just like talking to someone you already knew. Trust is what's important nowadays, especially in business, especially in lifestyle design. And especially if you are trying to build relationships with people to help move your life forward in unique ways that make you truly plug into life and planet as intended. I thought this was a really, really good conversation with my guy, Anthony Carlton. I hope you enjoy it. If you have any feedback, please send me a message, maurice at trylifeon.com. Again, I want to wish you a happy new year. 2024 is going to be a great year. Take action. Don't be scared. Course correct al along the way. Try life on. Yeah, man, you can ask away anything. I think that's the beauty of like, I don't have an agenda for, for podcasting except for, and the reason why I asked you to come through, because I'm trying to give people a notion that they can quote unquote try life on and people do it in so many different ways. And I'm kind of aware of your story. Actually, I found a podcast that you were recently on. So I was, I was listening to it to understand more and everything. But these these venues, I, I know some people go on podcasts and they got like an agenda and whatnot. And I'm like, no, I just I just want to shoot the breeze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I think that would be my style, too. If I those are the most fun, the ones that I've been on where you're just it's a flowing conversation. So and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, too. And um, I just love the try life on movement brand ah, you know, what, thank you, what you've done so I've, I've learned a ton from you over the last you know 12 to 18 months for sure just being on linkedin and, and reading your stuff that's 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 the beauty of it and so all right so i know linkedin is a very big tool for you but here's here's the reason why i asked you to come on and i'll try and orient the conversation for the tri life on community and and for you too uh, probably 80, 85% of the people who listen to try life on are between 18 and 60. Like they're mm -hmm. on it. So it's, it's, it's wide when I look at the statistics of who's listening and reading the newsletters and stuff. And everybody seems to be wanting, not necessarily to find a way out of working, but wanting to plug into life more, wanting to stop following the, the standard, let's say formal education rule set that we get coming out of college. It, that's okay. Like I, I say it all the time, ain't nothing wrong with the nine to five, but we, we are following these rules that were given to us. Go be the executive VP, go be the chief marketing officer. Why, why, if you don't want to, there's other ways to leverage this type of stuff. Um, so that's the sense I get of people is not necessarily they're trying to get rich or come into real estate like Mo or be a financial advisor like yourself or, no, they're trying to figure something out. And when I realized about your story that you had started in the traditional financial space, 
and then went to Farther. You and I talked when you were at Farther, right, to do something a little bit different. And then now this this natural, what I what I assume to be a natural trajectory towards I do things a little bit different, and I sense mm. that your life is shifting. So maybe you can just start there and just do a, a an intro on who you are, what you were doing before, and like we'll we'll get into that journey because I think it's beneficial for a ton of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the reasons why your story resonated with me so much, and I yeah. am finding these new ways to to do work and to do life and mix them. Um, in the two, because I was in that camp of, I didn't come from a background of finance or business or having parents who, you know, were entrepreneurs. My parents were 17. They were children when I was born, you know? So I, I came from a little bit of uh, having to grow up fast and, and learn on my own. And so I think that when it came time to have a career, um, I didn't know the rules. So I had to go look and say like, what are the rules? And I was told, well, you have to go to college. And so I went to college and I spent a lot of money on a college education and it didn't really, I didn't learn a ton while I was in college. Everything that I learned that I think is now um, making me a little bit successful or at least gaining some traction in my career. All of that was kind of self-taught after college, but I follow these rules of going to college and what industry should I go in? Well, finance, you know, that's a safe industry where people make money and you can have a nine to five, but me be a millionaire. And so I did all of the right steps Mm -hmm. and I got to this place where I'm going along the traditional finance route and, um, and I'm getting my dream job and I'm, you know, moving to Chicago and joining this dream firm that honestly I didn't have the grades or the background, but I got my myself in there. I did the work to get myself in there. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's when I thought, okay, now I'm set. Now I can stay here. This is my dream job. I'm going to just build within this company and climb the ladder from associate to partner. You know, I was that guy who I was like, I have a blueprint and here's what I'm going to do the next year and the year after that. And pretty quickly in my dream job, I looked around at all the partners in their corner offices who I knew were making a lot of money, but nobody seemed really happy. Right. Um, And so in following all of these rules and getting to where I thought I was supposed to be and then eventually burning out and realizing, wow, uh, you know, I just worked for 10 years on this traditional path and it's not the one that I want to go on anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And along the way, I had a bunch of interests, um, personal finance, I think just fit into how do I make money? How do I set myself free? How do I invest? And so I was studying, you know, the Buffets and um, entrepreneurs, investors, basically watching YouTube during my nine to five. Mm -hmm. And, and I ended up starting to plot an escape from my nine to five. And um, I tried to escape once and made a lot of mistakes um, and yeah. ended up making a pivot, which we can kind of talk about, you know. But what, so when you say you period. tried to escape, like, did you try and build a business? Did you try to invest in stuff? Did you, well, what was the escape method? Yeah, the escape method was 
I had gotten a job that was um, good enough where I was an investment analyst. I was learning from a lot of really smart people inside of this bank. It was after the 2008 financial crisis. So they had an $8 billion fixed income portfolio with all these mortgage things that got destroyed. So it was an interesting scenario to start a finance career. Um, but at the same time, I was investing on the side. I was learning about stocks and investing in yeah. stocks. Yeah. I was keeping my expenses way, way down and trying to have the lowest rent possible so that I could save and invest and have enough money where at some point I could leave my nine to five and start this business. So I was on yeah. that path of doing it and I saved up some money and, and I made some pretty intelligent investments, lucky investments um, in some stocks during the right time. And so I got to a point where I thought I was ready to make a jump into solopreneurship. And I had been kind of studying bloggers and Tim Ferriss and like, oh, you know, this is pretty easy. I, I could do this. Yeah. And yeah. so I have, I have this amount of money, you know, maybe like $50,000 where I think, okay, I'm safe to make a jump, but I didn't have any skills. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to grow an audience. I didn't know how to show up every day and write online. Mm -hmm. So I was focused on the wrong things when I left my job and ended up spending and blowing all of that money on my living expenses while not making money in this new business venture. This is exactly why, like, I don't think, anything, I don't think anything's wrong with burning the boats per se, but you know how I post, man. But th this is exactly why I tell people you can burn the boats. I, I think that's a viable approach. No plan B. But you can also, you know, bu build something while you're rowing the boat down the stream and have a little bit more stability in doing it. I, I do. And I'm being a little bit coy, but what I'm saying is I so I worked for, you know, the story. But for the people listening, I worked for 25 years. But the entire time that I was working, I was always like investing in a restaurant or trying to open a nightclub or buying a lot of real estate. And also doing the personal stuff, like still traveling socially just to experience life in the planet. It's like, nah, this 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 company that I work for, these checks are really good. <laughs> these checks are really good. But the social media, the social media sizzle of everything leads people down this path sometimes of, no, I gotta drop everything, build it from scratch, do the Elon Musk route and go go big with everything. But as you mm -hmm. say, Sometimes we don't have the skill set right away. So it is good to have some of that stability in the background, too. It is. And it was a really painful mistake to make. Um, but looking back, everything I learned from that mistake and then mm -hmm. the pivot that I had to make, um, you know, fast forward three or four years from that mistake. And now all of the skills I was forced to learn, uh, I kind of had my back against the wall where I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to start making some money or I need to go find a new W2. Cause I was in a really good job in a really good place. And I, I said, Hey, if you guys aren't going to, you know, pay me what I think I'm worth because I'm working so much, it was the, you know, if you're young, you're the first one in last one out. So it's an easy that mentality was there. Yeah. And it was yeah. easy to burn out in that. Um, so when I left and, wasn't making money and realized, oh, you have to have sales to get clients and probably an audience. And it's not all about having a logo and a website, which is what I thought is going to bring me customers. So when I leave my W2 the first time and try to start a business, I got about 
three months into it, paying expensive rent. I had a um, studio apartment before I'm like, okay, I need to start making some money. And I remembered that I had a personal training certification that I, that was one of my, like, just a passion I did on the side, maybe a year before that. Nice. I I had forgotten about it. And I was like, okay, I think I need to go get some personal training clients to, to start paying the bills. And, you know, I was walking dogs at one point and I was literally just trying to figure out how do I make enough money to pay my bills now that I'm in this situation. And that led to LinkedIn and that led to, okay, I can actually access CEOs and founders on LinkedIn. If I go on there and target, you know, I'm going to pivot now to consulting and I'm going to take the Mm -hmm. skills that I've learned in finance and I'm just going to go find other startups in FinTech that are doing interesting things and try to reach out to founders on LinkedIn. And so that was my pivot where I landed with, a fintech company. And so I'd already had experience as a financial planner, um, working with high net worth individuals. Mm. And it was an interesting situation where they were building a technology platform, financial wellness for companies. So I had a, a good background to kind of come in as an early 1099 employee. That was my first gotcha. 1099. Gotcha. And, and that led to you know, I asking them, can I do more? Like I come in for 10 hours a month and then it's like, all right, well, I want to come in and do more work and get paid more. And they say, okay, well, we need content. Like, all right, well, I, I don't really write. I don't know. I've never written or anything like that before online. And they're like, well, we'll give you a shot. Try to write some blog posts on these personal finance things. And so that was my accidental start in writing. Ah, uh, that's your accidental um, solopreneur kind of uh, what led you to the writing on the fun financial side? Exactly. And, and so that was right before I went back to farther where I really became an entrepreneur and now had these new skills of writing online and kind of understanding and studying audience growth. Um, and so my plan when I left that time 1099 gig was, okay, I can't do this on my own because I don't really know, how to build a business yet, but I can go build a business inside of a company. And so after a couple of years in this 1099 role, I said, I want to give this a shot at being a financial planner again and and building my own client practice. So where can I go? Who's going to let me do that inside of their company? And um, I sent cold DMs to the CEO of Farther and they were a tiny little company at this time, I think 2021, early 2021. Um, and I'm, I'm cold DMing this guy over and over and over again, getting no responses. And then one day he responds to me maybe a month later and says, Hey, I, I haven't been checking my messages, but this is really good timing. You know, we're growing and we need more advisors. So I pitched him and, and I came in as an early advisor on that team. And that's where over two years, I really learned how to be an entrepreneur inside of this company, um, you know, before making my yeah. recent pivot. Yeah, which I think is a I think is a good and valuable path. I'm glad you brought up the term intrapreneur. By that you mean kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, but inside of a formal institution, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. People don't really think about that stuff. People definitely do not think about the power of social media as much as they should. I certainly didn't. I was accidental, just like you. For me, it was the I just started posting about all those crazy careers that I had. And then 
it started to, people started asking me questions about it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But I only started posting on LinkedIn when I, when, when I, I did a podcast interview in November of 2019. A friend of mine asked me to be on this podcast. And he said, you're, you're a servant dude, police officer, military, you know, all the stuff I like to do. Why, why are you not telling people this story of mm. how you got financial freedom and how you are out there living life in a very unique way? I don't know, man. I just kind of keep to myself because that's how I succeeded in it. I never told anybody, right? So there was never the crabs in a barrel issue going on. And he challenged me. He was like, you need to, if you say you truly want to help people, you should get out there and start posting on it. And I did. And then probably within six months, someone asked me to coach them. I said, coach you on what? Well, how, how did you construct your life that way? Okay. Um, yeah, let's have some Zoom calls. Let's talk about it. I don't know. I have no idea. And then this whole economy thing comes comes to it. You said something on your podcast. So it's powerful, the, the platform. On that podcast interview I heard you talk on, you said you noticed people using LinkedIn not as a resume but as a landing page. And I thought that was one of the most powerful things. Can you explain that um, just so other folks can have the concept of what you what you mean by it? Yeah, when I when I really took LinkedIn seriously, it was about this unlock. Like I, I now understood founders and my clients and everybody I want to work with is on LinkedIn. So if I want a job opportunity, if I want a 1099 or anything like that, it's on LinkedIn. And it's just up to me to, you know, send those DMs and outreach. And so I'm spending more time on LinkedIn. And then I start seeing people like Justin Welsh. Yeah. And, you know, leads me to people like yourself. Um, and so around this time, I'm at Farther and I kind of get it. I, I start to get how to use social media and how to use your social media profile, your LinkedIn profile um, to drive people to your profile by writing good content that resonates and also doing it in a systematic way where you can show up on a daily basis. So I'm just picking mm -hmm. things up. Mm -hmm by spending time on LinkedIn and, and studying people like, you know, Justin Welsh and saying, what is he doing? And what are these other people doing that you can kind of tell are, are having some success and building their businesses. But I was also at that time, I, I was still like figuring it out because there's so many skills that go into copywriting and sales yes. and audience growth. So I think when people look at LinkedIn and they, say, Hey, how do you do what you're doing? And they think that it's, you know, one A to Z five step thing that <laughs> I'm doing that they're not. Um, right. But, but yeah, once I realized that land, LinkedIn really is your landing page. And when you write content that resonates with people talking about your career story, you know, mistakes that I've made, uh, you know, in trying to start that business or in my career, um, but meanwhile, my profile says financial planner. And so even though, you know, for six months while I'm at farther and trying to build my business, um, everybody else is all the advisors are doing paid lead services. So they're paying for leads and those leads, when you get them there, they might not be great. If you do get on the phone with somebody, there's not trust built in. They're like, who the hell are you? Why are you calling me? Right. Um, and I had started to gain some traction 
enough on LinkedIn where I'm getting those DMs of people saying, hey, I really enjoyed your content. I see you're a financial planner. I've been thinking about working with a financial planner for a while, and you were the first person to come to mind. So I started getting more and more of those, and I'm like, wow, this is really powerful. Meanwhile, the founders or you know some executives inside of my company, they're looking for a, a business plan for each of their advisors because the advisors on the team, they all have to build their own businesses. And, and posting on LinkedIn, I was told, is not a sales strategy. Um, because <laughs> nobody, nobody really saw, you know, the compounding effect of what would happen if you did that every single day in a strategic way over time. Right. So I was, I was really happy to prove that theory wrong. I was the only one really on my team who took LinkedIn seriously as a business development tool. And six to 12 months in, it went from people saying, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing that? To then people on my team, same as you, they would start saying, can you coach me and can you teach me how to do what you're doing? Yeah, that, you know, um, and maybe this is a good thing about this could be a bad thing about social media, but I also think it's a good thing if you're if you're if you are genuine in what you are trying to do, this is a good thing. It can be bad if it's if you're not being genuine, but I now understand the power of suggestion because you can, so I coach uh, with through Try Life On, right? And I will get, like, I have a coaching student now. We just started uh, maybe two weeks ago and he told him and his wife together, but they told me, they saw me, my first post they saw on LinkedIn was over a year and a half ago and they've been following mm-hmm. ever since. And they just kept following, following, wouldn't see me every single day, but would look for me from time to time. And it was a post that I did on Christmas day Mm. Uh, I said, here's a Christmas gift for you. And I can't remember exactly what the post was, but of course it was about living life and breaking the status quo and all the things I tend to talk about. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back for them. Mm. They're like, we've heard him say it enough. We've heard him or we've, he has shown examples enough, kind of like you show examples in the financial space. And he has uh, articulated his own journey, failures and successes enough that we have the social proof that you were just talking about or that trust factor that you were just talking about. And all of a sudden they're like, yep, we're willing to lean in with you and and do something. It, it is a very powerful, powerful thing if you are trying to help people. What scares me is the alternative if you're trying to mm. do nasty shit to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that brings up a really good point of there's more than one way to do this. And so I'm sure you get it all the time too. When people ask you and they ask these specific questions, um, trying to figure out like, is it one way that I write hooks or is it the time of my posting? And, and while all of that's important, the biggest thing is the no like and trust factor. So these people who feel like they get to know me through my content, Um, Mm -hmm. the same thing happened for me. A light bulb went off when I'm six months into this or 12 months into this showing up every day with content that again, it's not the top five Chrome extensions for this, that, or the other it's, this is my real journey and you know, my story. And so I think that's the missing piece for a lot of people where they think it's some viral hack, um, where I know people who have big accounts that don't make very much money because there's not trust built into it. And then there are people with small accounts who are genuine in 
trying to actually help people and genuine in the way that they write content. Um, and some of those small accounts are, you know, crushing it with coaching businesses Absolutely. or simple service yeah. businesses. Yep. So this, this trust factor is, you know, one of the most important things that I talk about. And a lot of the times when we now work with clients who were doing brand advisory and content creation and social media, a lot of the times I tell them and they don't really believe it in the beginning of lean into your personal story and mm -hmm. lean into things that make you, you, because at the end of the day, that's why people are going to want to work with Maurice versus any other coach or any other real estate investor. Cause there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of real of estate investors. People are going to make that decision because they feel like, you know, you've shown up enough and they resonate with your story and you have social proof. Um, so that's just this piece that I think is hard to see until you've done it for six or 12 months. Until you've done it and until you see the value in it. I mean, there are people that I, there, I follow you. There are certain people that I follow, one for style, because I like to get ideas, but two, because even though you talk financial, well, I talk financial things. I think we talk financial things in different ways. But the comments within your, I am very good at reading comments. Mm. I probably, I don't have a system. I want to ask you about your system to help others. But for folks listening, I just, probably about an hour before I got a post, I think, and I have an ability to come up with something. Or if I see like, a, if I hear myself talking in an inter interview or something, and I'm like, that's a great potential post, I'll track down that video, I'll clip it and I'll save it. And I might be mm. able to do something with it do something with it later. But one of the best ways that I learn on LinkedIn and get ideas of things to talk about that resonate with who I am is from comments. It's just by listening to what your potential customers or the people you are trying to help or just society in general are saying. That way you don't necessarily have to rack your brain every day. Like, oh my God, that was a good statement. I, I can, I yeah, if I had a nickel for every time I did this, I'd be very rich. But I would see people like somebody would have a one liner in a comment somewhere. And I'll be like, that is phenomenal. And I know exactly the post to go back and repurpose mm. and use that one liner. But but when but when I use the one liner, I say I saw this on LinkedIn in a comment one day. Like I never take it as my own thing. You know, it is. You, it's this nuanced thing you got to get to. But um it does take time for people to get comfortable and just get there. But the, the way you and I do it, giving our authentic stories, I think people start to realize, no, it's, they're just being normal people and we can talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, that's so fascinating the way that you do it because that's not how I would guess, especially because you're so consistent in showing up every day, I wouldn't guess that, um, you know, before you're ready to post, you're writing it then. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's another interesting thing where I learned from everyone, everybody's system is different and there's always something I can take from how they're writing, how they're building their businesses, you know, how they're running their lives. Um, but in terms of the content creation, another yeah. unlock that I've had is it, it really is a two-way conversation that you're having. And so you're not just showing up and posting. I can kind of tell if somebody's new at this when their posts are mostly about them 
and mm-hmm. they're not realizing yet that it's a two-way conversation. So the mm-hmm. thing that I look for is I want to get the most comments possible. So if I write yes. a post that gets a lot of comments and starts a conversation where if I look in the comments, people are even having conversations amongst themselves. In, in the uh, comments. The that's comments. where you, know, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that's the best, like you said, feedback you can get. So for anybody who's like, hey, I want to grow and monetize a coaching business or I have this experience that I want to turn into a coaching program or a course, just show up and talk about those topics for 90 days and try to help people and read those comments. And at the end of 90 days or six months or 12 months, people are going to tell you exactly what they want from you. They're going to show up again and again. And it's like, if this question keeps coming up again and again about Maurice, how do I do lifestyle design like you and travel more? And it's like, that's where you can then take, all of this feedback and package it up into a coaching program or a course, this whole like productize your knowledge thing, but having that two way conversation every single day, um, that's something. And I do the same. I I read the comments and I'll go back and read comments on posts Mm -hmm. where there's just been a conversation and it sparks and it's like, okay, there's something here, um, whether it's, pulling hooks out of it or for my next five posts or for my coaching program. But um, yeah, there's those indicators and those pieces of data that I think are incredibly helpful that are hard to see or even know about in the beginning. Totally. I um, w- One closing thought on that topic. And then I, I have something for you, but you you, you said, um, Hey Mo, I would never think that you would just be coming up with stuff that morning uh, I tried to schedule stuff before. And when I, when I have, when, when I have posted it, it feels like a lie or in, inauthentic mm. because it's, it's not what was on my mind in the moment. So the, the, the post that I did today, I was re-listening to an interview in my car and I'm like, you know what, when I did that interview, blah, 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 blah. I got to talk about that tomorrow. So I went and found it. I made a mental note somewhere or an actual note and I use Airtable to make notes or stuff. And then I found that clip. And then I, this morning I'm like, no, how do I make it more about them? That's what I was thinking, but how is this going to mm. benefit them? And I, how can I do it short? And then I just did it. it. For me, it's a weird thing of like, I feel like I'm talking to myself when I, when mm. I, when I post. And if I'm talking to myself about a thought I had three weeks ago, it just doesn't work for me. I'm not saying it's wrong because I it it information is information, but for some reason it just doesn't work for me. Like I'm still resonating with comments that came across today, and I I go back once a night and try and answer everybody or whatever. Um, so it's just a thing for folks listening. You you can schedule, and then it's okay not to schedule, and that's the point. Everybody can do this stuff however you want. Are you now to the lifestyle related stuff? Um, are you still working as a financial advisor as well? I'm not a financial advisor anymore. Yeah, I got to this point where for two years I was at Farther and they're this incredible rocket ship and an early stage company that then, you know, now they're like 100 plus employees. I think they're 131 million valuation, raised a bunch of money, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a tough decision of, 
I've spent 10 years getting to this point and anybody who got to this point who is in that same boat of being in finance, financial planner, they were like, you would be crazy to start over, which really wasn't starting over in the creator economy. Mm. But I, I essentially did. I, I made a tough decision and I had a coach and, you know, had this plan over 12 months mm-hmm. of making an exit. And I transitioned my entire book of clients to another advisor who is at farther, who she's actually now my financial advisor. Um, but yeah, I don't do any financial planning work or anything like that. So are you, and what I'm getting at is, okay, so for folks, like I'm always, I'm always trying to pull threads out and whatnot. Okay, so so you went from traditional finance to fintech finance to copywriting, being an entrepreneur, to now having your own your own financial copywriting company, right? How, which is what so many people want to do in whatever area they exist in. doesn't matter if they're a doctor, CPA, real estate guy, police officer, like everybody wants to make a transition and move into something that feels good. And that's has a light blueprint. So you can just do more things in life. Um, how has that impacted your life? Are you living different? Is it enough money for you to do what you need to do? I'm trying to get to the brass tacks of like, please people do not be afraid to leave an office because you're worried you're not going to be able to live. It's just that you don't know how to, you've never done it. Everybody knows my example. What, what has it been like for you going to fully, well, fully solopreneur, but fully online as well, running your own ship? Yeah, that last two years in the W2, when I'm at Farther, I'm an entrepreneur. I am writing consistently on LinkedIn and I had, been writing for a few years at that point. So I have all of these skills coming together at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so some, some of them were planned, some of them were not, you know, the whole content creation and writing thing and starting on medium in 2019, that then leads me to LinkedIn. And so I'm in this position now, the last two years of my W2 and I'm learning how to do the copywriting thing the audience growth thing. Um, I'm signing up high net worth clients that are coming from LinkedIn. And so most of my business at farther growing that client business is from LinkedIn. And there was this point, like you said, where a light bulb starts to go off and you mm-hmm. start to see a path forward with growing an audience and being able to design your life in a way that you want and not having to follow this nine to five blueprint, which I kept burning out from over and over and over again. So I'm desperate to find a different way to both work and live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm working with a coach while I'm at farther, who's mostly helping me on the sales side, but he's also saying, you keep talking about writing and you keep talking about doing other things. I'm supposed to be coaching you on how to build your financial planning practice but you keep talking about this other thing. Like, why don't you just set an exit date for yourself six months into the future and say, if you are not happy in this financial planning world and you want to make a pivot, this is your date. And so you're going to do whatever you need to do between now and, you know, that exit date, which for me was, I think it was November. It was the last day in November, 2022. And so before I even got to that exit date, Once I 
let that off of my shoulders of giving myself permission to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. And I have the skills now and know that I'm not missing the pieces like I was in 2019 when I failed at this. So having that coach and that exit date, that accountability forced me to really map out like, what is my plan? How much money do I need to have set aside? Um, uh, and also I had just gotten engaged and my wife is from Brazil. So we already had this three month. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so it, it was really a complete change of lifestyle. And yeah, by the time I got to that exit date, I already had things planned out and I knew that I was going to, um, I was basically going to leave my financial planning role and teach other financial planners how to leverage LinkedIn to build their client businesses And it was because I got so many incoming DMs over that six months saying, will you teach me? Will you help me? Will you coach me? Hell yeah. Yeah. So I I knew that there was a viable business there, but I didn't, it it was still a leap of faith. So it wasn't until I made an announcement post on LinkedIn that said, Hey, I'm leaving my financial planning role at farther and I'm going to start this coaching business. And then, and then I made a little mention of, you know, I'm taking on, four coaching clients right now. I already kind of had an idea of who I wanted to work with. And, mm-hmm. um, but I made a post about it. And then I said something about ghostwriting. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll take on one ghostwriting client as like to piece these incomes together. And immediately I got, you got flooded. Flood, I got flooded with DMS and I was like, okay, there's something here. Um, so yeah, my first, I love that. I mean, I went to Brazil and I shut everything off from, when I left my W2 and I had to do a whole transition of my clients and all of that before. So when I left my W2, it was basically like a week after I'm leaving for Brazil for, um, we were going to go for three months. We, we ended up staying for six weeks. Cause I, uh, that was my first time going somewhere <laughs> and like for six weeks where I don't speak the language. And, um, it was, but incredible. she's from there though. Like she, you guys are visiting family and all that. Yeah. She was from there. She, um, which part of her family is there. We went to Rio um, yeah. first, and then her uh, family is in Minas, so it's a little bit oh, more Mina, like... Minas Gerais. Yeah, so um, we went to Rio, and then we went to Belo Horizonte for a little bit, and then we went to Minas with her family. Um, and then we went back later, like three months later, and did like a whole different island vacation with her family in a different part in uh, Salvador. So that travel part that I learned from you and the giving myself permission to design my life so that I can work hard, make even more money than I did before, but also travel. And, um, so yeah, my lifestyle and long winded answer, but that whole transition was incredibly important for me. And there was this proof of concept, um, of, okay, there is a viable business idea and the skills I've learned will pay my bills. So it was month two where I, um, I think I did 10,000 in the second month of business. Yeah. And really, really the first month I was like in Brazil, hanging out, not really taking calls clients. So that second month, basically, you know, that replaced my monthly income on the W2 side. I had some money set aside about three months. I also had a wife who, or a, a fiance who very generously said like, I will, I will help us. I will cover us. You know, if it takes us three months, if it takes us four months, luckily it didn't take very long for me to replace my income with this new business. 
Um, but now it's gotten to a place where I could have gone one of two routes. I could have stayed the solopreneur route and really went lifestyle design. Um, I decided yeah. to take on all of the demand and, and grow a team, um, which has taught me invaluable skills. But now like, I think that is that is life. And that is like to me, that is lifestyle design. You are yeah. I'm busy as shit. I'm not lollygagging, having my ties on beat. Well, I do it sometimes, but having my ties on beaches and stuff. You can pick the lifestyle you want around the solopreneur career you build or the W-2 life that you have. I think your example is awesome of uh, taking a shot, making a statement on your, this is what's happening to me, LinkedIn community post. Leads come into your DM. You take advantage, not take advantage. You, you take advantage of the opportunity, but you clearly provide value to those people to, whether it's in coaching or whatever. And for some reason, the more I have talked to people who are trying to get out of the traditional W-2, the more they feel like if I get a DM and I do something directly with someone, it's like a, a dirty word or something like that. It doesn't mm. feel right. And what I'm trying to get across to people, which you did very eloquently, is you. It's, we are so used to being B2C. We're so used to being consumer to going to a business or employee to going to a company. But there's people like Anthony and Maurice who just – we transact information back and forth, transact time back and forth, transact value back and forth. And there's plenty of it for everyone. And one other person said to me, um, hey, man, you became a coach, uh, but there's so many out there. And I said, brother, there's 900 million people on LinkedIn and 8 billion people in the world. Trust me. And all you have to do is find 10 who are looking for it is what you have already done or failed doing because they want to know how not to fail. It's not as difficult as people make it seem. And I love the fact you're in a totally different space than me, the fintech space, uh, so folks can see that there is a different path. Um, so I always, well, sometimes I wrap up, but what would be one thing you would suggest to the listenership, folks who are trying to do exactly what you did and what I did, but in a different, whatever makes sense for them to try life on to unplug from traditional standard frameworks to do the hobby as a job to become a solopreneur to become an entrepreneur or just stay at the w2 and do and just live life differently what would be one piece of advice you'd give them given your journey through traditional and now on your own one piece of advice that i would give um and kind of piggybacking on the last thing that you just said that that really hit home with me is you're going to feel imposter syndrome. So if you yeah, 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 yeah. if you've only been in a W two and you've never charged somebody one to one for coaching, or you know you've never had to come up with a contract or an offer and deliver a service, if you've always done that inside of a company and that it feels like you said dirty or people are asking like you know they give make up excuses around there's too many coaches, there's too many podcasts, there's too many people on LinkedIn, it's too saturated, you know, I'm not gonna do this. Um, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles is that imposter syndrome and knowing that you're gonna feel that and that's probably a sign that you are going in a direction of doing something new, like starting a side hustle and right. charging for knowledge that you've accumulated over 10 years. So the one piece of advice that I would give to anyone listening to this and, and really anyone looking to make a lifestyle design, you know, work change like I have 
is I have an article on my newsletter called mm. Side Hustle to Solopreneur in 12 Months. So if you give yourself 12 months, break this off in chunks of the first 90 days, focus on building a habit of writing and posting on social media and engaging with people like Maurice or whoever's content you're interested in. Just build that habit of learning how to show up on social media and kind of tell a story. That's one skill in itself. And then learn how to take feedback from the people who are commenting and DMing you and That's it. Yeah. potentially want to work with you and build something on the side. So take the next 12 months to build this habit and launch your own thing and make your first 500 bucks or a thousand bucks with the coaching. I like simple service businesses. So coaching, writing or consulting, if you can do that and make your first 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, that will just, it will, so many light bulbs will go off on your head and you are on this path of, Hey, if you want to make some money on the side and stay in your W2, cause you love your W2, but you also want some security of, you know, having your own thing and your own brand. And that's an option. If you want to transition to being a solopreneur, that's an option too, but it probably starts with committing to building this habit and, you know, for six to 12 months, learning the game of how do I make money on, on social media, doing something, helping people that is actually going to be interesting to them is yep. The other path of if you try to do something for the sake of doing it and you're not really interested in it, like you're showing up and writing every single day and not feeling if it's not genuine or if it's not something yeah. that came from that I day. With it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if it's not going to be interesting to you, you're probably not going to continue doing it. So that's the other thing is try to make it interesting when you're writing online and building this thing and don't just do it, you know, because Justin Welsh is doing it or Maurice is doing it. Um, you know, make it interesting for you to sustain that. I love it. And the one, and that was great advice. And the one thing I'll add to that is I, 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 I don't know if you do group coaching. Do you do group coaching? Or you, yeah, you we're about to, you do, you're gonna we're launch. launching a group coaching. I don't know if I will do group coaching. However, um, you don't have to. I, I think folks get our kind of journeys as things that need to go to scale. Mm. No, the fuck they don't. <laughs> like I, right, right now I coach 10 people and that's it. That's my limit. I don't want to coach more because I like to be intimately involved with my coaching. Like I just had two coaching students text while we were on this call, right? Because everything that they're working on and the blockers they're trying to get rid of to design their life, I want to know about it in the moment. What, what you got? What's the problem with the real estate deal? All right, this is what we're going to get done. Or uh, someone asked me about, he lives in one house. He wants to go build another home. We've gotten him to geographic freedom now where he's mobile. So now he has a virtual job. And now he's got issues relative to finances, relative to building his second home. And I said, right, try life on principle. Um, stop worrying about the what. Let's go find a who. So there happens to be someone in the community, the trial phone community who builds, she, she's, she builds, she doesn't build home for, for profit. She just has built homes for herself. I said, call Monica, get Monica on the phone. We have a Slack group, get Monica on the phone through the Slack group, 
get a conversation. She already speaks the trilateral language. She's gonna help you. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. I want to be like in that rhythm where I can't, I don't think I'd be able to do that if I had 50 or a hundred group coaching people or whatever. But in certain cases you can, depending on the topic stuff. But I just wanted to throw out there to people, no, it can be five clients. It can be two clients. It can be 200 clients if you mm -hmm. want. It's just really what you need out of it. And lastly, um, I'm very happy that you said, and I'll do it in your intro when I record after the fact, but I'm super happy that you said when you had left the W-2, you got into a good habit or, or when you were starting to do the side hustle out of the W-2, you started investing in stocks, but you also got into a good habit of keeping your expenses low. Now, the reason why I bring that up, listener, is because if I say you only need two clients, so let's say those two clients is 2000 bucks a piece monthly. So it's 4,000 bucks, but you have $2,000 in bills. You, you've got it covered. You've got it covered. So I just, you know, I want people to have that perspective, man. And I just thought your journey was really interesting, brother. And I'm, I'm glad you would even come and share it with me. And I finally get to meet you in person and shit, man. And just keep going. Yeah, man. Same to you. I, I so appreciate what you do and um, invite me on the podcast and just the message that you're sharing every day. Um, and what's funny and the last thing that I'll, uh, I'll leave you with yeah. is um, we have an application for our service business. And at the end, I ask a question to anybody who wants to work with us to build their brand and do the content and that sort of thing. And I ask a question, who are one to two creators who inspire you the most? And your name is probably the name that shows up the most on no those kidding. applications. So that's really awesome. So whatever wow. you are doing over there, keep doing it, man. That makes me happy, man. And, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, man, I'm going to stop this. And then I'll get a comment like that. And I'm like, all right, I got to keep going. But but yeah. thank you for that. I hope people benefit. I know people will benefit from preparing journey, man. And you and I will definitely stay in touch, too. But thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Maurice. Hey guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On Podcast, and thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it. Give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. And I want to do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene, and this is the Try Life on Podcast. Peace.